0: Everybody. it is Tuesday 15th of September and I was on the TV this morning and the video is in the newsletter today they noticed I had had a haircut which is of course illegal what can I tell you my daughter used to work in the poodle parlor in the local shopping strip and became quite expert at doing our own cavoodle and while she had the clippers out well you can see the results on the video Anyway, Wall Street behaving itself last night up 1.18% with the NASDAQ doing better than that up 1.9% and Tesla coming back up 12%. There's a tweet doing the rounds. I think the AFR published it from a US presumably stockbroker or fund manager or something who said, Jim Bianco, who said, just got back from the dentist. Just heard him tell me about how he pulled a bunch of money from his Franklin Templeton funds and he is trading Tesla options and making way more money than he ever has as a dentist. Yep. This will end, finishes Jim. I'm sure it will. But for the moment, the technology sector in the U.S. is beginning to find its feet slowly. And the technology sector here doing a lot better today. We have APT up 3.9%. OpenPay, buy now, pay later stock. OpenPay up 11.6%. Sezzle up 7.9%. Zip up 4.8%. And it looks like Buy Now, Pay Later is back on. And that's despite an article in the AFR today saying that Afterpay was seeing website visits slowing and that they were seeing intensifying competition in the US. Afterpay prior to today was down 24% in 12 days. And a lot of people are obviously going to be looking for the bounce. The people who can't help themselves but trade the volatile tech stocks will be looking for a bounce in the buy now, pay later sector after the recent sell off. I can't get sucked in at this point in time. I am thinking I haven't mentioned the ETF portfolio in the strategy piece today, but I have mentioned trying to time the bottom of these Tech stocks in the U.S. by buying a FANG ETF or even buying an S&P 500 ETF haven't done that yet, but you can see a lot of people trying to buy for the bounce, which is more a trading thing than anything else, and it ignores the possibility that buy now, pay later is a busted flush. It's become commonplace. It's also a highly competitive space now, and is soon, doubtless, going to grow from growth industry. Go from growth industry to a, a busted flush as it becomes commonplace and the growth goes out of it, it becomes highly competitive and it becomes a commodity offering. Of course, the other option for something like Afterpay or a company like Afterpay is one of the bigger majors, global majors, decide to buy their market presence but you've got to ask, if you were a corporate raider, would you be happily paying 939 times earnings, plus a 20 to 30% premium, presumably, to the current share price in order to take out after pay at the top of the buy now, pay later sentiment cycle? It's the sort of acquisition that could leave whoever bought them licking their wounds in a couple of years time going, oh my goodness, we got caught in that frenzy, didn't we? Anyway. Traders, it looks like the momentary bottom on buy now, pay later, you might get stuck in. We are just going to leave it for the moment. On the way down, you're bound to see some blips up. Having said that, we are open to persuasion every day that we are wrong. So, But for the moment, you might look to trade those stocks as they bottom. We are not going to at this point. Probably foolish. not. Meanwhile, as I've written in the strategy piece, there are some signs of optimism around, apart from the technology sector finding its feet again. Uh, The vaccine news is a little better. AstraZeneca has got its trial underway. Pfizer said that they could have a vaccine by the end of the year. And I've put a chart of AstraZeneca in there. It might be seen as the barometer of vaccine optimism, and it's just come well off the top and bottomed. You might also remember talking of barometers, I put a chart of Boeing in. Boeing was the barometer of COVID sentiment at the beginning, if you remember. Anyway, it was up 3.2% last night. The charts in there. general trend is better. Also, Macquarie is making a few headlines today, writing about which stocks to buy for a recovery. A good sign if brokers are turning their attention to the recovery plays. And Macquarie highlight three vaccine-related stocks, which are Star Entertainment, SeaLink, and Oztol, which of course make those fast boats for the U.S. Navy, and they include in their list a top 10 stock picks for the next 12 months. That list includes Walleys, Appen, Blue Scope Steel, Woolworths, Fortescue, Ramsey Healthcare, and those other three stocks, and Sealink Link as well. And notably, Baylews have got a top 10 stock picks out as well in the small cap space. They also mentioned C-Link. And a couple of other little optimistic developments or trends. The VIX volatility index is coming off the top again. The equity put call ratio, the AFR points out today in the US, which picked up rapidly as the tech sector sold off. The put call ratio has dropped again. And there's also lots of MA happening in the US. I don't know whether you've seen that, but MA tends to happen, the big deals tend to happen as a matter of timing at weak moments in the economy or the market. You don't buy companies, you don't make your strategic moves. At the top of the market, you make them at the bottom. Anyway, lots of M&A happening in the US, which is remotely positive for the market. We've made a couple of additions, which are more a trade than any sort of fundamental call. A couple of additions to the portfolio today, which is buying a couple of gold stocks. There are buy signals all over the place on gold. The sector's down 15 to 20% from the top. So we've added... Northern Star and Newcrest. And we're certainly not buying at the top. We think we're buying at the bottom. The momentum could easily improve. Buy signals galore in that sector. So we are giving that a go. And you'll see in the growth portfolio I've put up on the strategy piece today, you'll see two small holdings, 2% holdings in Newcrest and Northern Star. Meanwhile, a few other things of interest, the ASX 200 chart still sort of drifty, but it is now oversold on RSI. So it's got an RSI under 30. That's only on the daily charts, short term stuff. The energy sector still struggling. It was one of the worst performing sectors in the US and UK overnight. OPEC has put out a rather oblique, uh, a bleak outlook for the gold oil demand. They're talking about a COVID rebound followed by a flatlining in demand. And we're well exposed to energy. We see it as a recovery sector. I'm happy to read of about a Covid rebound I can tell you if the economy gets going again the global economy that is I don't think the Australian economy is going to make much difference to the oil price but if the global economy gets going again the oil price is going to see a bounce everybody be piling in I did notice yesterday some optimism in the oil sector or energy sector and some quite significant moves in some of the stocks we hold like Santos and Origin so happy to watch that come back From here, we've made our bed. We're not gonna be selling them down here. Looking for a turn in the energy sector at some point. Other little things, Victoria, 42 cases, no deaths. Remotely encouraging, I suppose. I do wish we were dealing with a committee rather than a couple of individuals setting our Victorian restrictions. As I wrote in the weekend email, the Padley family has lost faith in the management, which is not a political comment. It is simply the idea that there is extraordinary power in the hands of individuals. And it would be easier on the brain if there was a body of individuals making these decisions But there you go. Enough of my infuriation. Now, did you know temporary early access to super is expected to add $42 billion to household spending or household balance sheets or household pockets before the end of this year? There have been 2.6 million Australians that have accessed super of those 560,000 have completely cleaned out their super funds and 460,000 of those are under 35. And if you imagine those people have a 30 year run up, if they took $20,000 out of super, that just cost them $180,000 in retirement if you use 30 years and average returns. Anyway, clearly some people don't value super and it goes against everything that people like Scott Pape, have become famous for advocating, which is that millennials, sorry, young people should just keep chunky money into super for the long term, which is why ETFs have become popular, because they're long term, low volatility, low cost, low risk. And here we are, 460,000 people under 35 have just gone, nah, let's just pull that out. Anyway, maybe they need the money, of course. I should not and cannot judge. Baylew's top small cap picks are in the strategy section today. I will leave you to look at those. Henry holds a few of them. I've got some more. And thank you to the member who suggested we should make more of a fuss of the director buying and selling. It's quite interesting stuff when you get to look at it. The buying doesn't really make much difference. Directors are always buying shares because they are reinvesting their dividends or getting options or getting it as part of their salary. And they have to announce that they've bought stock. It's really the selling that's more interesting. Interesting. So today I've put a list of most recent director sales, and there are a few interesting ones in there. Wise Tech, although Wise Tech's sort of bottoming today. Webjet, which is not what we want to read. Whisper, big selling there. Shane Chesson sold 3.7 million shares worth $14 million on the 9th of September. And one interesting one, although it doesn't really make any difference, but Jeff Wilson sold some Wham Research, which is WAX, not much, $193,000 worth. Also on the directors buying and selling, I noticed the long short directors which presumably are their fund managers, buying their own listed investment company in quite big size, though they have regularly bought. I imagine they're getting, I don't think they get dividends from L1, but I imagine they're getting a regular income from somewhere, probably their management fees or something, and they just keep chunking it into the market. Anyway, they're buying their own shares and the long short fund had a fabulous few years prior to listing they decided to list i think they looked for something like 500 million dollars and got something like 1.3 billion it was one of the most successful ipos ever and then they just destroyed everybody With the share price in this fund starting, the LIC starting at $2 back in 2018. And by the beginning of 2019, it was down to $1.30. So they destroyed 35% of everybody's money in the first six, eight months, which uh, you may understandably get upset about that if you were one of their investors but I dare say those fund managers took a massive personal toll, despite the financial toll they inflicted on other people, a massive personal toll. But here they are buying their own LIC. If you talk about waves of sentiment, I dare say most people have written off the long short fund, the L1 long short fund after they lost money. But directors certainly seem to have faith at the moment. Otherwise, there is also some Kogan director selling. I just point out there with the chart that that's selling that the founder and CEO did back in August was perfectly timed right some technical observations there were two overbought stocks in the ASX 200 on our scan this morning two overbought 24 oversold in other words there's more opportunity around than there is Overpricing. There were buy signals on 12 stocks. I've listed those in the strategy piece today and there was one sell signal. I've got a chart of Macquarie whose share price is looking a little bit sick or whose chart is looking a little bit sick after the downgrade yesterday. We've checked all the research this morning. It's okay. Average broker target price, 7% above the current share price. We've got an add neutral, neutral, overweight and accumulate. If Macquarie comes off, it'll quickly find support. So we're not selling it. We'd be buying it if it fell too much further. Uh, BHP, there's a little buy signal daily chart, short term stuff. Same with some of the healthcare sector. Healthcare's is doing okay today. CSL sort of up today against the market that's doing nothing. And there's a buy signal there on Cochlear as well. And With that director selling, there's a WiseTech director sold recently. There's a sell signal on WiseTech as well. And that's about that today. Lots of little things today rather than big strategy calls. We have basically made our bed in recovery stocks and are lying in it. We've underperformed, not too badly, but we have underperformed since we got back into the market by a couple of percent, which is not good. But I'm encouraged that when the market does go up, we tend to outperform as we did yesterday. And when the market does go up, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on the recovery theme. We have tried to get away from short term focus to a longer term focus. And I'm pretty sure that we will be looking back in a year's time going, why, oh, why were weren't we buying these stocks, the stocks that have been hard hit by COVID. We are going to come out the other side of this. We are going to come out fairly soon. It's just a little bit hard, especially in Victoria or Australia, to see that. I do think the online retail boom that we've seen in the likes of Nick Scarly, Kogan, buy now, pay later, that that is going to hit a bit of a brick wall as JobKeeper, JobSeeker, access to super, and as people start traveling around spending their money in other places again. So we need to probably time the selling in Harvey Norman. Although, as I said last week, we had a look at it and it still looks cheap, despite Despite the share price rise, we're going to hold on to it. But I'd prefer to be trying our hand at the recovery stocks than buying into the online retail boom at the moment. I think that that rally has happened. Anyway, there we go. Uh, We will pick this up again tomorrow as I leave you. Market up five. Dow futures are up 46. It's all a bit relaxed today. Finally, we have started doing webinars. We've got one in two days time. Chris is doing a technical look at the top 20. That has sold out which is to say it hasn't sold out. We are not charging members for it. But we have filled the 500 seats that we're limited to by GoToWebinar. Maybe we should buy some more next time. Henry's webinar, which is a week later, which is on macro factors in the market, that still has some seats available. See if you can find that in the email and click on it and register. I'm sure that's going to fill up as well.